Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. You lay your right hand on your heart. Don't take it off until I tell you to. And I'm going to ask you two questions while your hand is on your heart. Question number one is what can you feel? And question number two is what can you hear if you are alive and not a zombie? Uh, you should feel a beating. If you had a stethoscope in your pocket that you could pull out, you might hear the doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. Here are some amazing facts about your heart. Your heart beats over 100,000 times per day and has been doing that every day of your life. No wonder you're tired. Second fact about your heart, your heart pumps about 1.5 gallons of blood every minute, every minute. How far does that blood travel from the heart? There are 60,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. Do you know how long 60,000 miles is? That's enough to go around the world twice. All of that is in your body. That bl- the heart is so strong, it actually pushes that. Now, before you hear all these statistics, keep your hand on your chest. If you're not doing this, lightning's going to strike you. And if... Uh, and before you look at this, you go, well, that's not really impressive, Pastor JJ, because everybody's, that's everybody's heart does that. So that doesn't really make me special. Before you think everybody does that, let me remind you that heart disease is the number one cause of death in the United States. To give you some perspective, every day, 183,671 hearts stop beating. That means that by the time I finish this Sentence, 127 hearts would have stopped, but not yours. So I'll ask you the question again. What do you feel with your hand on your heart? The answer should be something along the lines of wonder, awe, gratitude. What do you hear with your hand on your heart? Not do-dum, do-dum, do-dum. What you should hear is miracle, miracle, miracle. I want to speak to you today on the topic, a million little miracles. A million little miracles. Raise your hand if you've ever lost your keys. Put your hand out. Raise your hand if you've ever lost your phone. Put your hand out. Raise your hand if you've ever lost your wallet. It's the same people. Y'all need to figure out a system or something. Get an Apple tag or something. What do all three of those things have in common? Their size. They're all little, which is my first point. It's easy for the little to get lost. 
It's easy for the little to get lost. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 2 through 4, we enter into the story that Moses is trying to prepare the people of Israel for a new season of their life. They're about to step into the promised land a few years out, a lot like a pastor would prepare you for a new year, like 2023 that we're coming into. And in order to raise up their faith for the challenge that lies ahead, he tries to get them to remember the amazing things that God has done to get them to this point. The Bible says Moses summoned, I like that word, summoned, I want to summon my kids one day, summoned all the Israelites and said to them, your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials and to all his land. With your own eyes, you saw those great trials, those signs and great wonders. Notice the difference, great trials and great wonders. But to this day, even though all that great stuff happened, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see, or ears that hear. Read between the lines. He's saying, God has done all these great things, but you still don't get it. You still don't see it. You still don't hear it. You still don't understand it. Verse five, this is what you missed in the middle. This is what you missed in the midst of the great trials and the great wonders. That during the 40 years I led you through the wilderness, mm, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. Moses is reminding the Israelites of the great wonders. He's saying, don't you forget that you saw the Nile turn to blood, that you saw the sun go dark over Egypt for three days, that you saw the Red Sea split. Don't forget that while you were in the desert, you were chewing on bread that came from heaven and washed it down with water that came from a rock. Don't you forget And while you're reminiscing on the great wonders, don't you forget the great trials either. Remember that time y'all made a golden calf and started worshiping God that wasn't God, created an idol that was not cool, Israel, not cool. Earthquake happened, started eating people up. Don't do it again. Remember that time you were supposed to step into the promised land, all those giants popped up and you got so afraid that you quit the battle before you even started the battle and then God had to keep you from the promised land until all your children grew up, don't forget. And let's not even get started on the poisonous snakes. That was a bad day too. I need you to remember, Israel, the great wonders and the great trials. We'll learn a lot about God in the great wonders of our life. And we'll learn a lot about God in the great trials of our life. You know, you will learn a lot in the seasons of your life when you don't think life can get any better. And you will learn a lot about God in the seasons of life when you don't think life can get any worse. But here's what Moses says. But if you really want a glimpse of God's character, don't look at the great wonders or the great trials. If you really want to see who God is, check your shirt and your shoes. Check your shirt and your shoes. They have not worn out. You know, oftentimes we allow our life or at least our perception of God in our life to either be defined by our mountaintops or our valleys. If we're older, we'll look back on our youth or our prime and we'll ask ourselves, how could it get any better than that? After all, what compares with your wedding day? What compares with the birth of a child? What compares with graduating high school or college or winning the championship trophy with your team? Or, and we gotta be careful though, We got to be careful because if all we do is look back at the great wonders and think about that, we become prisoners to the past. We become prisoners of our nostalgia. And then we become people who are always like, back in my day, it was better in my day. You're like 32 and you're already like, back in my day. And it's like, don't become a prisoner 
of your nostalgia. Or we'll look back at our valleys the day we found out we had cancer. The moment that car pulled out in front of us that night, you'll never forget when your innocence was robbed from you by someone you trusted or called family. And then ever since that moment, you thought to yourself, life will never be the same. Again, be careful when you allow life to be defined by the valleys because then we become prisoners not to our nostalgia, but we become prisoners to our trauma. It's a shame because although life is often marked by our mountaintops and our valleys, life is not our mountaintops and our valleys. Life is what happens in between. Life is what happens in between. And the overlooked, little, unbelievable, miraculous fact is that in spite of it all, you kept walking. Or better said, that God kept you walking. Or better said, that your shirt and your shoes did not wear out. That God held you, kept you. When I think about my grandma who passed away two weeks ago, I compare my relationship with my grandmother to my children's relationship with their grandparents. And they got three grandparents sitting in the front row. Very different relationship. My kids have great memories with their grandparents because their grandparents do all fun stuff with them. They play with them in the pool. They take them to the parks. They take them shopping. They buy them toys. They do arts and crafts. I don't have any of those memories with my grandma. None of that. My grandma did not do anything great with me like that. My grandma was just an old lady from Puerto Rico. She didn't do none of that with me. They opened up to their grandparents. I never once in my life opened up to my grandma. She never took me places. The only place we went with my grandma was church on Sunday. That's it. Arts and crafts. We didn't have no arts and crafts with my grandma. The closest we ever got to arts and crafts with my grandma was cleaning my room. That's it. You want to make something? Make your bed, son. They do that right there, okay? Never, ever, man. Yet, yet, I bawled at her funeral. Why? Because for 17 years, I moved out of the house when I was 17. For 17 years, she made me breakfast and dinner. For 17 years. And it wasn't even a big, every day it was chicken and rice. Arroz con habichuela. Every day. It wasn't even like a big meal. Every day of my life. I remember when I first got married, on the first night or came home, Liz made uh, rice and chicken. I said, if we could, I don't because it's been a while. I've, I've now compare that to the way that I, I treat my family. I can count on two hands. I've had my family for 14 years. I can count on two hands uh, how many times I have cooked for my family. But let's just round up. Since I've been a family for 14 years, let's just say I cooked 14 times. Now, 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 they were big meals. I don't cook often, but when I do, watch out. I make steak, T-bone steak and potatoes. I make uh, crepe, crepes with uh, Nutella and banana and uh, homemade whipped cream with a side of eggs and bacon. I'll, I'll, I'll make a creme brulee. I just go all out with the torch. You know, the kitchen just all out when I cook. 14 times in 14 years. Now, let me ask you, which is greater? The person who cooked big 14 times? in 14 years or the person who cooked every day of their life 
for 17 years. The faithfulness of my grandmother. Let me just encourage you, if you need a reason to sing that song when worship starts, if you're looking for a motivation to come to church or to give in next week's legacy offering, may I remind you who put food on your table for 32 years, for 25 years, for 12 years. He never let you miss one meal. Breakfast was on him. Lunch was on him. Dinner was on him. If you're looking for a reason to praise God, how about you? And just remember that every breath that you got was a gift from him. It might not be fancy. It might not seem big. But for however many years you've been alive, he has kept your shirt and your shirt. He has protected you and guided you and sustained you in life. And it never wore out. I'll tell you what, man. When you're young, when you're young during the youth, it's the big things in life that really get your attention. Because you haven't been alive that long, so everything's big. But when you get older, I promise, I don't know when it happens, but there's a point in your life when you hit. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about, where it's the little things that count. The little things, right? It's the little things that'll make and break your day. I know with my kids, it's the little things. Pastor Liz was in New York hanging out with her sister this week. And so in the midst of preaching three different messages, I had to watch the kids all week. So the Lord sustained us. Amen. Our house did not burn down. Everybody's alive. And uh, cereal milk for breakfast. You know? That was not one of the 14 times that I was about to cook. I'll tell you that right now. And they asked me, they said, Dad, can we sleep in your bed while mom is out? I was like, why? And they're like, because whenever you go traveling, we sleep in mom's bed. So we figured since mom is traveling, we could sleep in your bed. And I was like, mm, I'm good. Uh, I, don't, I don't need that. Uh, to be frank, I don't even look forward to that. I think I actually might like my bed to myself for once. I think I'd like to sleep horizontally one night just because I can. Just lay out all starfish, you know, just because just I can. Just want to do that. And, but then I started thinking, you know, it's such a little thing that they were asking. But, you know, for a kid, it's the little things they remember. Because I think about my dad and the things that I remember him doing for me. My dad took me to Canada one year for a trip. He took our family to Florida back when Florida was Florida. I mean, you know, I mean Florida's Florida, but you know what I mean? Like when you live in New York, Florida's like everything. You live here, you kind of take it for granted. That's what I meant. I love our state. Um, <laughs> go Florida. Sunshine. And uh, it's all great. But if you ask me what we did in Canada, I got no idea. If you ask me what we did when we came to Florida, I don't know. I guess we went to a park, a theme park or two. I don't remember. You know what I remember when I think of my dad? Playing catch with him. That's the only thing that stuck throughout my childhood. It was the little things. I read a parenting book the other day, and I love what this author, what she wrote in her book. She said, listen earnestly to anything your children want to tell you no matter what, especially if it's small. That's like when Justice starts to talk to me about Minecraft. I'm like, bro. <laughs> He's like, if you get the ore and you mix it with them, I'm like, you know, I'm like trying to stay awake. But look what she said. She said, because if you don't listen eagerly to the little stuff when they are little, they won't tell you the big stuff when they are big because to them, it's always been big. To them, it's always been big. Let me help you out, parents. Say that prayer before bed with your children. Show up to that game. Have that slumber party. Teenagers, young adults, even adults, if you still got your parents with you, you need to send them a text. You need to send them a call. Let them know how much you love them. I was praying for a family at Encounter Night this past Wednesday, and I asked the mom, how can I pray for you? It was a mom and two children, six and nine. And I said, how can I pray for you? She said, pray for the kids. I said, why? She said, because they lost their father last week, the day before Thanksgiving. 
as six and nine years old. Some of us have had ours for 60 years, 50 years, 17 years, 20 years. So what if they weren't the mom and dad of the year? You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Have a conversation. Talk to them. Let them know you love them and that you're grateful for their life. Ask them stories about their childhood. They love corny stuff like that. Just let them know. And you're going to find out that they're a miracle in the making as well, that God did some amazing stuff in their life. It's the little things. It's the little things in my marriage that I appreciate. Like every Sunday when I wake up at 5 a.m. to get ready for this service or for our services when I go to the Keurig and there's water in the Keurig. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't know this struggle or this life, maybe you don't know what a Keurig is. It's a coffee maker that operates on these little cups and you plug it in and it's got to be full of water in order to make the coffee. And and just thank God that there's water in it because at 5 a.m. I do not have the hand-eye coordination. I do not have the wherewithal to pour water into a hole this big, okay? That will mess up my day right there. And I need my coffee, else I'm going to give God an attitude when I pray. And so I need that coffee to begin starting uh, and, uh, and so, and I just thank God every morning that I get there on Sunday that, that the Keurig is full. And do you know why the Keurig is full? Because every Saturday night before Liz goes to bed, she makes sure to put water in the Keurig just so that I can have water for my coffee in the morning. And I appreciate that little thing that she does so much because it, know, it tells me that she understands the details of my life and is willing to do even the little things to make my life better and make me to feel better like she knows me and she sees me. You know, you ought to thank God for the little details in your life that we overlook so often. Like when you get that front parking spot at the gym, come on now, you better praise the Lord. Even though it defeats the purpose, you're about to get on a treadmill anyway. It's not like saving those steps is absolutely the best thing for you. But you ought to thank God for or the front parking spot at your university or the front parking spot at your job. You know how you feel when you pull in there? When was the last time you thanked God for that? Well, pastor, that's so silly to give God praise for that. It's silly to give God praise when I get to work and I catch every green light. Well, if it's so silly, why you cuss him out when you catch every red light? Come on, you be do, You catch every red light on the way to work. Oh my God, you hate me, Lord. I can't believe you just did that. Yeah, you died on the cross 2,000 years ago, but that was the last thing you did for me. After that, it been hard and it been good and I can't get to work and I'm just, I bet you I'm gonna lose my job on the hospital. I pray more. That's how it works. Pastor talked about that. I see what you're doing. Huh. All I'm saying is keep that same energy and you're gonna come at him when he don't do it. Now how about you give him praise when he does? Come on, I'll give God some praise. You catch every green light to work, lift up your hands. Even the little things. Come on, ladies. When you wake up in the morning and you got yourself a good hair day, shot but you better give the Lord some praise that you got your hair coming off. You didn't have to put a curler in it. You didn't have to blow dry it. You didn't have to put no hairspray. You woke up looking glorious. Give him some praise. If you 50 plus and you rolled out of your bed this morning with no lower back pain, you better jump around, lift up your hands, give God some glory. It might seem like a little thing, but in life it's the little things that you learn to appreciate. So let's thank God for the little things. It's the, it's the little things in my character I'm starting to thank God for that I didn't notice before. A couple months ago, I preached a message, and I don't know if you remember, and I had this uh, oil, and there was this jar, and I broke it, I threw it in the oil, and I pulled out a brand new jar. It was a Christian magic trick. And I put out the jar. So I preached the message. I come off the pulpit. I go back to the green room. My wife comes up to me, Pastor Liz, and she goes, I'm so proud of you. I said, oh, did you like the message? She said, no, when you put your hands in the oil, you rolled up your sleeves. <laughs> this is real. So I'm so proud of you. 
I said, how come? She said, because old you would have just stuck your hand in the oil. You, go, you didn't put old you, didn't care about how you looked, and you didn't care about staying clean or organized, and you would have just gone ahead and preached the last two services with sloppy sleeves. And so I'm just, I'm glad that you wrote it. She put her hand on my shoulder. She said, you changed so much. I didn't even notice. But I, I looked at, I, I walked out to preach that next service. Just so proud of myself because I hadn't noticed the little changes in my character that had been evolving over time. Can I encourage you really quickly? I know you haven't figured out the big issues quite yet. And I know you still have some of those big struggles. But can we take a second and give God some praise for the little changes that we've been seeing in our character and the little things that God's been doing in our life and the little changes that he's been making? Come on now, somebody. You might not be perfect. You might not be the best version of yourself. But you can't tell me that you ain't a little better than you were a year ago, a little better than you were two years ago, a little better than you were two weeks ago. Come on. Remember when that customer service person got rude with you on the phone last week? And you could have, you could have, you was about to remind them what industry they are in. You know what I'm talking about? It's called customer service. If you don't like it, find another job. You thought about doing that, but instead you politely and respectfully asked to speak to the supervisor. That might seem, that might seem like a little thing to just anybody, but you know you. You know you and your temper. That's not little for you. Hey, that's big. That's big. And when that person cut you off on the way to church this morning and you could have pointed them to Jesus? <laughs> but you didn't. You thought about them. You thought about the day that they must be having. And you thought about the, the trials in their week. And instead of pointing them, you prayed for them. Hey, that might seem like a little thing to someone else, but you know you. That's a big deal for you. That's a miracle for you that you didn't lose your mind. Give God some praise. Remember when you were at the theme park and all your friends were ordering the fried chicken and the Coke and you got up there and it was your turn and you were on your diet and you said, I will take a grilled chicken salad. <laughs> Hold the Coke, give me the water. Hey, that's, not a, that's a big thing. That's not little. It might seem little to the person next to you, but only you know how long you've been facing issues with your diet and your health and you made a good decision in that moment. You better give God some prayer. There's a little bit of change happening on the inside of you. Do you remember this morning when you prayed for five minutes? Come on now. Sure, it was five minutes. Sure, it was interspersed in between checking your social media accounts. <laughs> hey, but that's five minutes that you never used to spend with God at all. I think you ought to give God praise that you wake up in the morning and you think about him in the first five minutes of your day. That's not old you. That's not you from a year ago. That's some change. God's been transforming you. Give God some praise. It's a You know you. You woke up this morning and talked to the Lord. That's a miracle. It might seem little, but that's a big thing. And you put enough little things together, let me tell you why. Those little things add up into a big thing, which is my next point. A little looks different when you look back. A little look. It might be a little here and a little there. Two years ago, I lost 50 pounds. True story. I don't need to clap. I did it. I didn't do it for you. Um, it, was, it was the COVID weight that I had to lose. I gained a lot of weight in 2020. It was stressful. And uh, the gym was closed and all that stuff. And so I was 186 pounds. And by the end of 2021, I was 136 pounds. I lost 50 pounds. You look at 50 pounds and you go, you lost a lot of weight, Pastor JJ. It didn't feel like it at the time. Do you want to do the math and divide 50 pounds over 52 weeks? It's 0.9 pounds a week. 
Do you know what it was like for me to go to the gym five days a week? to eat egg white for breakfast for 365 days, to not taste soda and give up on donuts throughout the week and just save them for once. Do you know how hard? And then to do all of that, then to step on the scale, (laughs) to see that I had not even lost a pound of weight after all of that. It was very, very, very. But 0.9 plus 0.9. Plus point nine, 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 plus point nine. It was little at the time, but I look back and I go, dang, little looks different when you look back. I'm encouraging you to look back at your life today because there are little things that at the moment you did not appreciate. But now you can look back now and go, hey, come on, look how I look what the Lord did. I can't believe I'm here today. And if that's you and you're not there yet, just keep taking those little miracle steps because eventually one day you will look back and have no idea how you got where you are little little steps look different when you get to the other side I'm about to give you your new favorite song you ready I know it's a big statement but it's quickly becoming one of my favorite your new favorite song it's in the Bible so I would hope if it's a song Psalm chapter 124 verses 1 through 2 a song of a sense of David if it had not been the Lord who was on our side let Israel now say if it had not been the Lord Mm -mm -mm. that verse tastes good I don't know why I love it so much a couple of things you got to really dig into to appreciate it first off it's a song of ascent what that means is the people on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, which was on top of a hill a mountain they would be climbing what happens when you get on the mountain you get perspective that's good preaching. I don't need you to say amen. I'll amen. Amen, pastor. That was really good perspective. But when you climb a mountain, all of a sudden you get perspective at an elevation that you didn't have before. So what he's telling the people is now that you've got some perspective, why don't you look back at everything you had to go through to get and then while you're getting that perspective, let overflow the gratitude over your heart. If it had not been the, the Lord, I wouldn't be... Mm. Not only that, it would, you were ascending to the temple. Sometimes you got to look back on your way to church. You're, you are in church right now. And I don't know how hard it was for you to get here. For some people, not that hard. But for other people, I'm not even talking about traffic. I'm talking about all the traffic in your heart and in your mind. That almost kept you from coming here today. But on your way here today, you should look back sometime and go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm in church right now. With the life that I led and the choices that I made and the people that I dated. And I am in church right now. If you've been coming for a year and you still come, oh my God, come on now. Look back and I can't look what the Lord, if it had not been the Lord. If this is your first time at church, if it had not, what you doing in church today? If it had not been the Lord. And then I love this song. I'm going to keep breaking it down because I'm going to take it verse by verse. If it had not been the Lord, verse three, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger kindled against us. What is the metaphor in swallowed? In order for someone to swallow you, the thing that is swallowing you, is it littler than you or is it bigger than you? So what the author of the psalm is saying that there were things in your life that were bigger than you that had the chance to overcome you, but did not overcome you. What was bigger than you in your life that you thought would overcome you, yet it did not? The first thing that comes to my mind is financial debt. 
Somebody all came to church today carrying $200,000 worth of financial debt, $30,000 worth of financial debt, school loans, car loans. Remember when you thought you'd never pay it off? Remember when you thought that your children's 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 would be paying off that debt, but you paid that minimum payment, and then you paid a little bit more than that minimum payment, and then you got the promotion at the job, and then doors started to open, and now you are debt-free, looking back at the thing you never thought would shake. Why don't you look back at that and go, oh my gosh, look what the Lord had done. If he had not been on my side, I know there's some people who are tongue-tied today because you're like, Pastor, I wish I could give God praise, but your boy still got that debt. Amen. You still got that debt, but you still got food? You still got a roof? You still got a bed? Then who, and who did that? And who gave you those things? You thought that the debt would overcome you, but it wasn't big enough to swallow you because God was bigger than that. And somehow... He sustained you. Who did that if the Lord had not been on our side? And you know what the psalm said? The psalm said, let Israel say, because it was a song. So first the worship leader would say, and then the church would say, so we could all get into the spirit of it. So let's do that today. If the Lord had not been on our side, and then when I say, let the church say, I want you to say, if the Lord had not been on our side. If the Lord had not been on our side, let the church say, if the Lord. Okay, that was a practice. We're going to say that one more time with authority and excitement. Like you, got some, like you can look back on something. If the Lord had not been on our side, let the church say. Verse 4, if the Lord had not been on our side, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us, and over us would have gone the raging waters. If your only experience with a wave, with a wave has been the wave pool at a water park, you don't know what you're missing. In a wave pool, you get hit by the wave, but it doesn't matter how hard the wave hits you. It knocks you out, but when it's done, you just stand up. The water's not that deep. But in the ocean, if you're out really far and a wave hits you, not only does it knock you down, but if it keeps hitting you, it can keep you under. So the author says, it knocked me back, but it didn't keep me down. What in your life knocked you back, but could not keep you down? I'm thinking about the divorce. The divorce that you thought would define your entire life. It knocked you back, but look at you today. Here at church, worshiping, it didn't keep you down. I'm thinking about that almost divorce when you found that secret out about your spouse and you thought this was going to absolutely change life forever and ever and you'd never be the same again. It knocked you back, but it didn't keep you down. Or the death of a loved one. Remember how you thought you would drown in your depression? How you thought you would drown in your despair? How you thought you would never look at the sun the same way or ever smile again? I saw you during worship, lifting up your hands, enjoying the presence of God. Come on now. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Every day you got out of bed, that was a miracle. If you ever lost somebody, you've been in depression, you know that. Just to get up and get dressed to pull you out of bed. And who pulled you out? And who got you up? And who filled your life with hope? Well, pastor, I did get get knocked down. And I'm still knocked down. And so I really don't know how to praise God because I'm still knocked down. You're still knocked down. But did you drown? You got knocked down, but did you drown? No, you didn't. And who kept you from drowning? Who became the floor underneath your feet that you could stand on when you should have been overtaken, when the water should have... Who who was that ground? Oh, if the Lord had not been on our side, let the church say... Verse 6, if the Lord had not been on our side, blessed be the Lord who has not given us to the prey, pray to their teeth. Chee, everybody go like this. Yeah, when you chew... It's slow and laborious. Here's what the author is trying to say. Look back on your life. What was slowly tearing and grinding at you, but did not kill you? What was long and painful? For some of us, it was the journey out of addiction. Slow 
and long and painful. Remember when you thought you'd never quit? Remember when you thought you'd never stop seeing those sights? Remember when you thought you'd never stop drinking out of that bottle? Remember when you thought you'd never stop going to the club? But look at you now. You used to dance like this. <laughs> now you dance like this. Come on, somebody. And remember when you thought? Remember when you thought you would never, ever, 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 ever break free and somehow God did it? Well, Pastor, I have a hard time praising because I was kind of at the club last night. I get it. You're still in it, but you're also still here. So there must be something going on in your life right now that you could give God praise for or else you wouldn't be here. And that's a miracle. And that's a miracle. That's a miracle. How about that battle with your mental health? If you have a battle with anxiety or panic, man, it feels so slow and long. And you and remember when you thought you'd always be on medication? Remember when you thought you'd never worship? Did you, but, but did you see yourself today? Did you see yourself today worshiping, lifting up your hands? Well, pastor, you know, I still struggle with that. Yeah, but you were singing somehow. And did you notice how peace filled your heart while you were singing, even if it was momentary and you didn't have no pills in your pocket? That was the Holy Spirit that was filling your heart, letting you know, I'm still with you. I'm still here with you. I still got you. And who did that? Who gave you joy in the midnight hour? Who filled your heart with hope? Who, even if it was an ember of hope that you could get out, that was the Lord. He was the one who got you out. Remember that season of singleness when you thought you'd never get married? Mm. Take a look at that fine specimen sitting next to you now. Come on, that spouse of yours looking good. Praise the Lord. Remember when you thought you'd die alone, huh? Look at that. And you know they better than you if the Lord had not been on our side. Let the church say, if the Lord had not been on our side, my goodness. Somebody here thinking, well, Pastor, um, I would really like to praise God on that one. But uh, I'm still single. Mm -hmm. But remember when you thought you needed a man to be happy? Remember when you thought you needed a woman to make you feel like a man and now you can stand with your shoulders back knowing you don't need another person to complete you because Christ completed you. Come on, if the Lord had not been on our side, let the church say. Psalms 124 verse 7, if the Lord had not been on our side, we wouldn't have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. But now the snare is broken and we have escaped. Woo. And we have escaped. You know what that one is? That, one's, that one is not things happen to you. That's the stuff you got yourself into. The bird in the snare, there was a little bait there. You took the bait and you got caught. How about when you look back at your life and you think about all the things you got yourself into that God got you out of? That car you never should have got in. That party you never should have been at. That person you never should have dated. And that could have been a life-defining moment when instead it just became a moment of your life. And who did that? Who broke the snare? Who set you free and set you aflight so that you could continue on to live the rest of your days? Mm. If the Lord had not been on our side, let the church sing. Psalms 124.8. And that is why our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. From this point on, because I know what he's done, I know what he will do. It is not little, it's huge. When I look back and I see all the things God has done in my life, I can also look forward with a prophetic expectation for the miraculous to continue to sustain me step after step after step after step after step. After step. In a moment, we're going to play a song and 
You don't got to stand to your feet. You don't even have to sing along. The words will be on the screen. But more than sing it, I want you to remember it. I want you to remember it. And I want it, I want it to sing to you so that your heart can come back to Jesus in this awe and gratitude of like, oh my gosh, they're little, but there's a million of them. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God today. If the Lord had not been on our side, let the church say, if the Lord had not been on our side. that I don't deserve I've got some scars but that's how you learn it's nothing short of a miracle I'm here I think it over and it doesn't add up I know it comes from above I've got miracles on miracles Miracles, one, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. You held me steady, so I.
standing, stay standing. Stay standing, stay standing. It might seem little. I asked you at the beginning of the sermon, raise your hand if you ever lost a wallet, phone, keys. Raise your hand if you ever lost your wedding ring. I'm with you, brother. One time. Was it okay because it was little? Heck no, nah, because it was only one of a kind. It's my last point. Little doesn't mean less. Little doesn't mean less. Little doesn't mean less. There's a story in the New Testament where this lady brings two pennies in the offering. And God says, listen here, that lady who gave two pennies gave more than anyone, than all the rich people who gave the thousands of dollars. You know why? Because she didn't have a lot. The value of a thing is determined by how much of that thing you have left. I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting somewhere. Sometimes we'll look at God and we'll be mad because like the disciples who looked at the lady putting in the little things, they're more impressed with the big gifts. So sometimes we'll look at God and we'll be like, where's the big gifts, God? How come you haven't deposited the big gifts in my life? Where's the child? Where's the multi-million dollar business? Where's the Tesla? And where's the vacation? And well, where's the big things? And God's like, I don't see value the way you see value. I see value not in giving you things that I have, but giving you value. I see value in giving you things that I don't have much of. Let me put it another way. For God to give you a million dollars would mean a lot to you, but it wouldn't mean anything to God. Why? Because he owns all the silver and the gold. Giving you a million dollars is like you owning the ocean and giving somebody a drop of water. Are you following me? So the only way God could show you how much he loves you was not by giving you a little bit of a lot of things that he has, but by only by giving you the only thing in all creation he only has one of. And it's in the book of John, chapter three, put it on the screen. For God so loved you that he gave his Oh, but here's the, here's the deal. Are you ready for the Holy Spirit to put your heart and to, to just grab it and kind of just rub it around and just kind of make you feel bad but good at the same time? And we take it for granted because that seems so little. Some of us who have been Christians for so long, we're like, well, thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross, but you know, I got to come pay my bills. And that seems so little. But to God, that was everything because it was the only thing in all the creation. He only had one of, and he gave it to you and to me. I want to pray for two people, but the first person I want to pray for is the one who's been coming to church for a while. You know what you and I need to do again? We need to rediscover the miracle of salvation. The miracle of Jesus. Psalms 51.2 is my prayer over you. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. If you need a miracle, raise your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone in the room who needs a miracle. For some people, it's financial. For other people, it's physical, health-wise. For other people, it's relational. For other people, it's spiritual. I pray that for all the miracles that are being asked today, I pray you answer those that are in accordance with your will. But in addition, God, I pray that every hand raised would rediscover the miracle of Jesus. When we say salvation, that doesn't just mean our sins have been forgiven. That means all of our past mistakes erased and gone not even the ones that we just did but the ones that were done against us every trauma every abuse every violation of our life God in Jesus name healing restoration our future that means we no longer have to be anxious or worry because we're saved our future is secure may we find joy in the miracle of Jesus 
and in our present because our past and future is taken care of we can find peace and we can find rest oh may we find peace and rest and joy in the miracle of Jesus that miracle is enough for me that miracle is enough for me stay in that spirit if you're in this room and you are far from God would you like to receive that miracle today oh it's not little it sounds little receive Jesus in your heart Dave what one prayer what's that gonna do everything it's a little decision that changes your life forever if you want to take that step that little step of raising your hand when I say three because you want Jesus in your heart now is your chance if you're in this room You've been far from God for a while. Your relationship with Him is not close. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand as a signal and a sign. You're coming back to the Lord all over this building on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, I see hands all over the building. I see hands all over the building. Amen, amen. Whether you raised your hand or not, say this with me. Father God, I'm so little, but you're so big. I need you, Jesus. This decision seems little, but I believe it is going to alter the direction of my destiny. Today, Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect and I need help. Come make my heart your home. I follow you today and forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give it up. Hey, before we go into worship and dismiss, if you made that decision, there's a connect card in front of you. I want you to fill out that card if you made that decision. You can turn it in the black box or you want someone to pray for you, you can turn it into the black tent and we'll pray for you and let you know your next steps. Finally, this giving card right here called the commitment card. Next week is Legacy Sunday. And if you have a million miracles to thank God for, next week is your opportunity to say thank you, to give back to Him what you can. And I want to encourage you to join us in our legacy offering by giving God what you have. Little or big, little can go a long way. Amen? Let's worship. See you next Sunday. Legacy Sunday. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.